You are listening to Be Simply. This is Suzanne Toro, a.k.a. She. You can anticipate being inspired, discovering some inner and outer wisdom and inspiration. Without further ado, let's dive into Be Simply. made every attempt to pre-record this uh, via video. I've been having continued trouble with Zoom. So what I'll be doing this week is mastering a service called Huddle. So it'll allow the online classes to work, uh, hopefully without any interruptions. And we'll move from there. So, and then if you're local, I'm going to try to get out into open space and then we'll huddle these in and then also share them on uh, Vimeo as a on-demand option for people. So thank you for bearing with me during this process. Um, So today we're going to dive into cravings as a form of understanding that these are something that most of society has and they actually create the obstacle uh, desire uh, and those cravings can come forth in all different ways we might think of them in an extreme way like hmm, craving a chocolate cake or uh, having an addiction or affliction towards some habitual habit that we've integrated into our life, but cravings come in all different ways. And sometimes those cravings are things that we feel are for the, for the benefit. Like we might say, Oh, I crave or I desire, or in the new age world, they'll say, I want to manifest a brand new car or a relationship, all those things. Those are cravings. Uh, and so what happens is when we spend our time focused on things that we crave, uh, what it'll do is it creates a obstruction to your highest states of consciousness. So as I've discussed in previous segments, you know, about with karma and, you know, there's so much to go into karma, but from what I've shared and what I'll continue to share, most of the rest of what I could share is better one-on-one based on where someone's at in their own evolution and to really 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 understand karma it takes some time practice and willingness to move beyond self and that doesn't necessarily happen overnight it can take a lifetime many lifetimes but for the purpose of today just to like invite each and every one of you that are listening that when we crave things, you know, it can be simple. Like I said, it could be like a piece of chocolate cake. It could be uh, grow larger and larger where we're trying to grasp at something that we want. And it truly is a grasp. So when we go back to cause and effect and we, aka karma, and we think about that in our past, it can be your perception of just one lifetime, but really our past, our eternal life, our past actions have led and paved the way into this existence. And so if 
we begin to want to deepen our understanding of the quality of our actions and the quality of our mind and how to start to cultivate pure action flowing into the future, we then start to fade away thinking that everything that we're doing in this lifetime is for this lifetime. We start to realize that everything that we're doing in this lifetime is actually feeding into our future. Sometimes you get a chance to reconcile that karma in the this present lifetime or that stays with you beyond there. And it's awesome when you get a reconcile karma in the same lifetime uh, because then you don't have that baggage to carry. And ultimately that's what we all want to do is have no luggage from life to life and potentially be able to cross over into that threshold where all of our actions can be purely to benefit all beings. And so if you step back and I know there's a lot of programming around uh, getting what you desire, uh, manifesting your destiny, but this is all cravings. We're craving this. Oh, I want this, that, and the other. But when, and today when we're in our seated repose, when we connect to our highest expression and we really sit with that wisdom keeper that's within you and get honest with ourselves, without outside influence, we can start to feel into our natural gifts. And it's, it's very easy, especially, you know, these years that I've been working with people one-on-one and watching people transform and actualize their highest expression. It's easy to stop self. It's easy to get distracted. It's also easy, especially when we cultivate spiritual practices to get even distracted in the sense that we think, oh, the spiritual practice is lifting me up so much that that's my life's purpose or that's my gift. And really we should all, not should, but it would be beneficial if we would all be watering our spiritual aspect of self daily. And so when we go to the the wisdom keeper within ourself, we have distinct gifts that are of service to others. And doesn't mean that your spiritual practice isn't with you, but I always say, you know, we need the yogi in the classroom. We need the yogi at the bank. We need the yogi uh, here, where, and everywhere, bringing those practices and those, I use the word yogi just to create a little uh, simple syntax, but however you want to identify your spiritual practices, if your uh, propensity is Christianity, we need the Christian. So we don't necessarily... Uh, want, you know, everyone preaching to the choir necessarily. It's not necessary. What really an enlightened society is, is that you bring your spiritual practices wherever you are. It's, it's continuous. That present moment awareness is with your family, is with your job, is with your relationships. It's there at all times. And that has a huge ripple effect. So if we can be in the practice of bringing our highest expression everywhere we go, in every moment, life starts to shift. And then we're not grasping. We're not grasping for cravings. We're not grasping for even wanting to know because we're at a level of being content. We understand that we 
are here to serve. We understand that we have the ability to be altruistic in all action and that we can be at ease with whatever comes our way. And many people can intellectualize this concept, but you know, when the rubber meets the road uh, and we get tipped over, it's not always easy to remember like, wait, okay, this is, it. this is actually how it's supposed to be. And imagine if you're reading a great novel or watching a movie, if the plot is really, I don't know, just one note, it's not going to be so interesting to watch. And so, you know, even nature isn't one note. There's so much going on. If you walk out into, you know, your outdoors near you right now, you're going to notice so many things going on. And there's even things going on on such a deep level that one can't even imagine unless one really dives in there. So if you take a moment and a pause and just think about what are the things that I crave most, that I want most, that I'm actually trying to quote unquote manifest. And I understand this might be a little like big reversal on what you've been taught, you know. Uh, imagine just wiping that away. Just saying, hey, I already wrote, I already took action for this lifetime. And I want to really get clear on how I'm to serve the rest of this life. Get really clear on how I want to show up in all moments. Meaning ones that feel like the earth is moving underneath your feet and the ones where earth feels like it's supporting you. Get really clear on how you want to show up. And then from there, understanding that even within that, shift of going into an altruistic mindset, a non-grasping mindset, a wonderment mindset, that you will be really guided in such a deep way that, oh, okay, if I focus this way, I'm going to be led. And it doesn't mean that you don't have achievements because what happens is all of a sudden you feel into something that's beyond you and you know distinctly, no matter what, that you're going to serve that and you're going to keep feeding it. And so one thing that I'll get a lot uh, in the work I do with people one-on-one is, especially when they're not at ease with themselves yet, is they feel they have to do something big, huge, Uh, so that they can save the world uh, and they only feel good when they're in action, saving the world, saving the planet, all these things. Yet, really, if we bring that attention first to self and get really clear, like, what, what do I need to excavate inside so that I can just show up gracefully in every moment that is already ready to unfold around me with my grace, with my integrity, with my stillness, with my peace. And then we get clear because it's very easy to get swept up in group think. It's very easy to get swept up on trending items. It's very easy to get swept up on ideologies. 
Yet when we bring it to the interior and we say, wow, where, where is this ready to evolve? Where am I to deepen my sense of knowing thyself? And it's easy to play pretend out there and say, wow, I'm doing this initiative and that initiative and all these external things. But if we go really take a deep dive inside, uh, profound things are realized. And then when we engage with our work, meaning maybe your vocation, your profession, your family, your children, your relationships, your extended family, the connections can be deeper. And oftentimes people will feel maybe uh, a little unsure on how to engage with the world the more time they spend sitting with self, understanding self. Yet that's where the service begins. It's not about that the people outside of you aren't where you're at. It's about how can I access this person that's sitting in front of me in an integral, heartfelt way? How can I shine a light on their greatness for this brief moment that we get to, we get to be together? Rather than being annoyed or pushing things away that seem to uh, create some friction uh, rather than running away and looking for like-minded people. So there's this distinct shift uh, when we go from craving to just bringing our presence to what's unfolding around us and then bringing our inner code of ethics to each and every moment. And that recipe is really one of the, the best recipes I could recommend for anyone. Bring yourself present to the present moment. Bring your inner code of ethics. And bring a sincere altruistic state of being. Meaning... Not that you have to run around and do everything for everyone or you have to enable everyone around you that's in their dysfunction, but just to uh, really be prepared to serve. You know, it might happen in the least likely inopportune moments, but be ready to serve. And sometimes, as I mentioned before, uh, service is in action, not action. I see this a lot with the leaders I've had the opportunity to work with and assist and learn from is that there's a lot of inaction, uh, a lot of unspoken communication. So what is the benefit of letting go of those things you crave or want or think you need? Well, You'll be free in the sense that it's like, ah, I don't need to know what's going to happen. I don't need to know when. I don't need to really spend any time peering in here, there, and everywhere. Especially, you know, now it's easier to do that. But, but I can just stay within 
my stratosphere within my lane and see what arrives and where I go and what I intersect with. And then if, if one needs simple things like a, some food, some water, uh, clothing, shelter, those things will arrive. If one has all those things, then there's even more space uh, to truly drop in and let go of the cravings. And understand that when we grasp for things, even simple things like joy or happiness or good vibrations, that that creates duality that creates a separation you know from all things that exist and it creates a pendulum that will swing wider when we say oh i don't i don't want anyone that around me that doesn't have a good attitude I don't want anyone around me that's angry. I don't want anyone around me that's scared. I don't want your bad vibes. <laughs> yeah, this is a society uh, that we've gotten into, and those are all cravings that we crave only to have fun. We crave all these things, yet is that really uh, a way to serve one another? Is it really a way to serve one another? So as long as this wheel of samsara is going on, as long as our, our collective mind is bouncing back between the dualities, we will have this tug of war internally and externally until we start to put down our cravings. And this is why in uh, long, silent retreats, the integration of fasting occurs, minimal food intake, just to meet self, you know, meet self, a little bit deeper. This is why in Vision Quest, uh, more traditional Vision Quest, I create them for as a migration of Vision Quest based on what one needs, is ready for. But the the, the subtraction of the senses is really important. It helps one see where one is still grasping, where one is still craving from the inside out. The external stuff that we reach for, whether it's food, sex, drugs, rock and roll, happiness, those are just a veil in front of the internal cravings, the things that we're trying to satiate inside. So today, I'm going to welcome you to take an inventory of all the things you've been craving. 
and welcoming you to place them aside and feel into really your highest, your highest expression. And your life so far is gonna have given you a lot of clues because I guarantee you each and one, every one of you listening to this is unique. And so your life circumstances uh, all give us clues as to that you've more than likely touched aspects of your highest expression. Maybe you got distracted. Maybe one is too attached to being miserable to notice. <laughs> But they've been in and around each and every one of you. And so I welcome you to start to notice those. And when you start to see them, start to water them. Uh, not with cravings, but with some attention, some willingness to spend some time refining those things that are rising up in you. And sometimes in life, your whole life will be about being prepared for the next life. Meaning you might have propensity to start to refine a skill because you're going to need it in the next lifetime. Uh, you might have a propensity to really clear out your trunk, eternal trunk, because you need that extra space and freedom now and in the future. And the beautiful thing is when we set our cravings aside, when we actually use a little restraint that over a period of space, spinning through space, we forget about them. It's like, oh, Oh, do I need that really? No. And what I can share just a little personally that the more and more content I am and I feel very blessed to actually be quite content. Uh, sometimes it's interesting because you see uh, others striving for things in a grasping sense and it feels very foreign rather than moving through life based on that content state of being. You know, it's a lot more fluid to move through space without grasping. And then there's a lot more space to be present with others, to extend your heart, your compassion, your love your equanimity and your peace. You truly then can serve in that pure form. And so I mentioned earlier that, you know, oftentimes people that aren't ready to do their own inner work look externally to help others. Or they might be in the process of doing their inner work, but they feel like if they help others, that's going to help them. And it, it very well might for a little bit, but then they're still going to 
be the, the intersection. And so right now, if you decide that I'm going to be selfless and radically honest with myself, two things will happen. Natural ways for you to serve the external world will occur. And those will occur in your most immediate surroundings, in your relationships with your children, with your family, all of those things. And then you'll start to really engage with your inner wisdom. And you'll be clear and honest with yourself. And I guess where I'd like to bring this full circle is that within cravings and wants and desires and that idea of hmm, you know, on-demand culture, getting what we want and getting it now, um, has created a very vicious circle for all of us. And so each one of us can do our part by just setting down one thing that we crave. I have a couple dear Dharma brother and sister, and uh, I'd say they're both uh, radical in a great way, but you know, Many times over, they've mirrored that sitting down things that are comfortable. Like they gave away everything and walked through India for several years, trusting that everything they needed would be provided. Uh, you know, setting aside even the base things that one would need to see what's available there. Noticing, oh, I really have this thing that I feel like I have to have. It might even perceptually be good for you. But setting it aside, putting it away. Because there's an interesting relationship within that. And seeing what happens. And then with that extra space that one is not needing to exercise looking for that thing that someone needs and you have so much more things that you can do so much more space to listen internally and the opportunity to truly 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 serve So, I want you to imagine this. I want you to imagine yourself sitting in front of a mirror. And I want you to imagine seeing the reflections of your innate gifts that are your opportunities to refine to master and those gifts 
automatically will be of service to you. Meaning that there's such pure joy, not the joy that people feel maybe when they go to a party or with friends or go to a sporting event. It's a pure, pure ah. That those gifts that you see in the that mirror are there for you to offer, to share with others. And then I want you to imagine yourself getting really honest. Maybe some of the reflections are associated with your ego. Maybe some of the reflections are a little delusional. Meaning that they're from grasping, from craving. And so as you continue to stare within that mirror, I welcome you to see those fade away and see what's left. See what's left. And may your mind's eye hone in on one aspect of your wisdom and let it guide you not through the intellect, but for your through your innate intelligence, through your innate divinity. And that innate wisdom can and will redirect your attention, especially when you go to grasp for those cravings. So... I appreciate each and every one of you taking the time to listen and be with my words. And my deepest prayer is that each and every one of you will remember the true causes of happiness, that you will discover your highest. So we'll come up into a seated position, bringing that back upright, and we'll head into a silent meditation, and then when you hear the sounds come on, please feel free to recline back or lay back into Shavasana. Taking a nice deep breath in and out. Another one, inhale and exhale. One more, inhale. 
and exhale. And now simply uh, follow your breath. Allow that to be your mantra, your focal point.
Taking a soft, gentle breath up into your heart center, gently breathing in and out. Again, gentle breath in and out. One more inhale. And exhale. Good. And then gently from there, 
welcoming you to just gently roll over onto your side if you're not in the upright position and gently rise up to a seated posture and then from there taking another deep breath in and out again inhale and exhale and then as you gently connect to my voice bringing your hands together in front of your heart taking a moment to give thanks for all aspects of self gently breathing in and out again inhale and exhale good and then gently from there Taking a moment to extend some love, compassion, and peace out beyond here. for each and every one of you for being here in this moment. It's a deep honor to connect to you and I express gratitude for you taking the time to listen and be present and sit. And I thank you for your patience uh, as I find my way through a technology interface. And so if inspired into this next moment, uh, see if there's something that you habitually crave or grasp for, and if you can set it down. Doesn't mean that some of those things might not arrive, meaning if you're really grasping at an outcome with a job or a relationship or maybe welcoming a partner in, set it down, let it go. Focus on what's in and around you. Show up with a humble gaze, kind heart, and a sincere awareness of how you can serve every moment. So until next time, this is Suzanne signing out with a full heart 
a gentle smile, a deep bow, and a namaste. Be simply. Some you die.